Hello, and welcome to another episode of 52 in 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today, we're going to be talking about The Circle, and we're joined again by Joe Morgan, who's been on a couple of podcasts with us. Um, I feel like I just want to start by telling both of you that I told you so um, before we start this podcast about The Circle. I don't so, know if you guys have anything to add, but... Uh... Well, so this is interesting because I, I, I Anthony saw the trailer, and I, he was very dismissive of it, and I gave him a hard time about it because Anthony's always like, I can tell by watching the trailer if a movie's going to suck or not. And I'm like, hey, man, maybe you just need to give it a chance. Like, James Ponsolt makes good movies. And you're like, no, I hate I, I, I hated that trailer. I hate Emma Watson. Tom Hanks makes bad movies. And I was like, whatever. I'm still going to see it. I have a little faith in James Ponsolt. And Joe's like the biggest Tom Hanks stand in the world. Like he saw some of the like you didn't you go to see a hologram for a king or some of that weird stuff he was doing last year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 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 I was like, if Joe's dedicated enough to go see that stuff, then Anthony's like sounds like he's out on it. So I'll just do the podcast with Joe and Anthony was like, Well, no, I, I I'm not gonna pass up the chance to shit on a Tom Hanks movie. So <laughs> this then turned into like a three way pod and yeah, I I can't really argue with you, you know. Um well, we can we can start with Joe. Like well, at at that at the time that you I mean you didn't see it for a couple weeks after it came out, so at that point like the bad reviews had already come out. Out. They didn't even show it to critics till like 12 hours before the premiere. Like there was no embargo up until the last possible second. So my expectations were like already like very very low. So I'm guessing you went into it kind of thinking the same thing I was. Like where was your mind at before and after? Yeah. So going into it, I didn't really have high expectations. I was still like, oh well, you know, maybe they'll do some interesting stuff. There might be some good scene work and an ultimately bad movie. And then um, I go in, and the thing is, is like. It didn't – it had no teeth. It didn't even, like, get a reaction out of me. Like, I usually, like, really <laughs> like a movie or I hate a movie. And this one, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And, like – um, and I, I guess that's pretty horrible because I'd rather hate a movie than just kind of go into it, watch it, and then leave and feel nothing. I yeah. Think, so, I, think, I think Anthony's had a lot of experiences like that lately. Yeah, Josh and I talked about that a lot with, like, um, yeah. the sort of, like, teen movies, right? Because you have mm-hmm. – um, Man, I don't even remember them off the top of my head, all those fucking movies we saw. But some of them are uh, – what's the one with Jennifer Lawrence? Hunger Games is good, right? Like Hunger Games has like interesting things. And then you have mm-hmm. uh, Allegiant, which is right in the middle, and it's like doesn't even try interesting things, so you just forget about it. And then you have that other fucking movie we saw with uh, – The Fifth Wave. What's her fi- – or- yeah, Fifth Wave, which was so terrible <laughs> that it's way more enjoyable than Allegiant, even though Allegiant is a better movie. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I mean I agree. This movie – Man, it's just so – it's like laughably bad. <laughs> like so many scenes where you think the movie is like a parody of itself, but it's mm-hmm. actually the movie. I don't know. I don't really know where to start. Um, uh, God. Uh, so like I, I – Can we – What do you think? Can we start with how wasted the cast is really? Like I feel like you know, given – like John Boyega is barely in it. I, I, Are we sure John Boyega is good at acting? Uh, yeah, well, no, I actually, I actually like, didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind his performance as much. Like, I just thought it was a stupid character. Yeah, yeah like I just, he just felt like such a nothing character in the entire thing. I mean, because he's built up to be like this, oh, super reclusive, like founder of True You, was it? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and 
I like the trailer builds him up to be like the guy who's like going to bring it down from the top, you know? And then like, he has like a couple of scenes at Emma Watson and then like, that's it. And it's just like, okay, he's just going to kind of stand in the back. Well, it's so stupid is that like this guy, like he shows up throughout the movie and he's so pissed about what they've done to his company and everything they've done. And I just hate it so much. And you don't know what you've gotten yourself into. He's telling Emma Watson. And then at the end, he like hacks their entire system and just blows them up. It's like, why didn't you do this like three years ago if you've been so pissed? You've just been like brooding around here do- doing absolutely nothing with your time besides like working in like the bowels of this building. And then a you've had the check, man. You've had the power to, I guess so. <laughs> what, what good's that paycheck if you're just going to like creepily walk around in circles and stay on the same campus all the time? Like I didn't really get it. So, and then it's like you've had the ability to like hack into their system the whole time and put them on blast and you, now you're going to do it? Like I don't know. Like, he well, seemed like- well, to be fair, they're, they're increasingly taking these terrible steps, right? True, true, true. And so he sort of like gets fed up and fed up. But, you know, when things go slowly, you sort of are okay with things in doses. And then it just adds up collectively to be shit that you're not okay with. And it's like, I don't know. He should have, he should have been around more just to like. I mean, like, it, it, it wouldn't have fixed the movie at all. But it's like, if he had been more of a presence, like, as someone else that was like trying to like he was present as that bad stuff was going on instead the biggest problem with the movie is that it like goes from like point a to point uh l to point z you know um Mm -hmm. that was my thing it's like she's in that room with them at the right after she gets rescued or whatever and then it comes out and she's ready to just like be like the mindless like face of the organization and just wear the thing on her button and they just like totally skip over which in theory could have been an interesting scene with her and tom hanks and and Patton oswalt where they like actually convince her to do that and instead it's like she's been brainwashed which is just really ridiculous like you could have because my biggest my the biggest reason i was still kind of excited to see this movie which i talked to joe about was like maybe tom hanks was going to actually do something different and play like a villain and do something a little creepy and a little weird and instead they just like imply that the entire time without actually letting him play any of those beats and that's what they could have done if they'd had him in there with that scene with her when they kind of brainwash her and instead they just like cut away and don't show you any of that and so like that happens and then it goes from like her doing that and just like being the face of the organization to then it all of a sudden jumps to them like deciding like she throws out the, or, or the like the theory to let them take over the entire world and it's like okay and then all of a sudden they've like done that and you actually don't see like any of the discussion beyond actually taking steps that drastic whereas like why isn't Boyega, Boyega like in these board meetings being another voice there and actually seeing all the machinations and thought that they have to go through to get to that point it's just it skips so much shit that would have actually like justify any of the crazy steps the movie takes i think it would have been more interesting if they had that scene where she's sitting in with them at the beginning and they're like hey we're aware like you and john Boyega are friends and like we're not worried about it kind of thing sort of giving them more of like their gusto of like you can't touch us kind of thing and then it like jumped to the end and it's like these people that are breathing uh transparency it's like obviously like are are they going to be stupid enough to like hide these things like in writing and it just it doesn't really make Mm -hmm. sense that they would be so careless to not realize that the whole pyramid scheme would collapse on them i don't know that's just my (laughs) that's just my take but i don't know yeah i it's just i don't know i mean I guess going back to, like, Tom Hanks being able to play, like, a menacing sort of character, like, Emma Watson was never in danger, like, in the entire movie, except for when she went out kayaking alone. Like, that was the (laughs) most dangerous scene for her in the movie. Like, I I texted Josh when I got out of it, and I was like, 
the movie ended right as it got interesting. So it's like, oh, what are the implications when you screw over somebody like Steve Jobs? But then, like, the movie ends, you know? Like, because, you know, I mean, you don't just do that to, like, two people who are probably on, like, the Fortune 500 and, like, live to tell about it, you know? <laughs> so, well, there are no implications I, when you kill somebody on live uh, stream, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, so I, I, just I, I lost I, over a kid killing himself. I, I just assumed she had like gotten fired, and that's like she's sitting at home three days later, and it's like, yeah, we don't want anything to do with you. You kind of let that happen, and then it's like, oh no, I'm going back, and they're like, May, we're so happy to see you. Glad we're here. So that's a shame what happened to that. It's a shame what happened to Mercer. Yeah, all right, well, let's let's get back to business. It's like what, what? Like, it's I think like, they should have. Yeah. I think they should have done more with like all the comments she was getting and her as a character. Or, like, as a person, like, if you're the person that's wearing camera all the time, like, you're going to get creepy dudes, and you're going to get hate mail, and you're going to get all this shit. It was, sort pretty of po- little, it was like, messages. It was pretty up. positive for the most part. It's like... Yeah, man. Like, that's no fucking way that's going to happen, man. No yeah. way. It's, everyone's um, very, very, very supportive of her. And it's mm. like, man, it, like, is. It's like we we just wrote a better movie in ten minutes that we could uh, with this whole concept. No, I really I really like Joe's point. It's like because the, the trailer, like while you didn't like it, you like, you can at least admit it. It made it seem like she was going to be in danger. Maybe it might have had a predictable route it would have taken in your mind if they had made more danger up until that point. But like it is kind of interesting. Like once she's pinned the cameras on those guys and they can't easily take it off, like it would have been kind of cool to follow them around. As they tried to figure out a way to take her down, in spite of that, that would have been an interesting thing. You, I mean, sure. I, I don't know if, like, I guess t- you don't really get to see Tom Hanks be that menacing, or maybe he, maybe he's not saying stuff, but he's finding some other way to communicate it, and he can act with his face. But if the camera's on, he can't. See, I don't know. It would have been challenging and less predictable than what everything else that uh, we kind of thought the movie was going to be when it happened. Because like, I remember, like Joe, kind of explained to me, like before he saw it, that he was worried that. Unless, uh, unless like, what was your word? Unless like Tom Hanks kills some dude at the end or, or kills John Boyega at the end, like I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen, and I, anything else would be surprising to me. And it's like, if they yeah. had if they had followed what you said, if we had seen the next hour of that story, I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it can't be yeah. less interesting than what we watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have skipped of- over. They could have <laughs> skipped over all the stuff with like Karen Gillan and just skipped it. Save thirty minutes mm-hmm. and then added thirty minutes of Tom Hanks and Patton Oswalt. Speaking speaking of, speaking of Karen Gillan, it's kind of annoying that like. Do, do you guys agree with me? I had a hard time telling for the first hour of this movie whether or not Emma Watson was doing a British accent. Like it oh, seemed God. like she was yeah, kind of accents. Definitely it it seemed bad. like she was kind of struggling. I so think Karen Gillan switched accents <laughs> two or three. times. Well, no, she too. was definitely Scottish in this. Like she went home to Scotland. Yeah, were like they weren't trying times, to hide it though. Where I think she was not, uh, but they, just they, talking they, normally. They just let her be Scottish, and I would have rather them just like. Found some excuse to let Emma Watson be British, or, or like made, yeah, or, 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 or like done it the other way around and let Karen Gillan be the English, be the American person, and just let Emma Watson be British. Because, like, if you know just from watching the Guardians movies that uh, Karen Gillan is capable of doing like an American accent better than Emma Watson, I'd say. Um, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I actually think she, Emma Watson does it okay in the Bling Ring, but she's playing like a very, very uh, uh, specific character in that with a weird kind of voice. Like, as far as doing like sounding like a regular American girl, I don't think she found that note and it was very very distracting for me the first half of the movie i don't know I, it, yeah i definitely sensed that in the first scene with eller coltrane where oh God. like they're talking and that guy like, i could just tell <laughs> like, 
it so, was pretty bad. So Joe, you know, he actually he actually had some interesting things about his character before they killed him. I mean, like, you, know I mean? Uh, like, you, you got a lot of like interest in being uh, wrapped up in technology thing was not it was OK, because like the first scene, she's like, all right, I'll text you and we can make plans. And he's like, we're, we're here. Like, we're both here right now. <laughs> that was funny. And I was like, fuck, you're yeah. right. You are. <laughs> Just make plans. Yeah. So then, um, like that was interesting to me. And then when he comes to the <laughs> to the to the circle and he's like, don't you want to be like disconnected again, like have a life, whatever. And. And then he's dead. So, what, what, do you guys have strong yeah. feelings on the deer, an, deer antler architecture community? <laughs> I mean, it's a sad, sad day for them. You know, yeah, should be antagonized yeah. by uh, internet commentators. That that was the one thing that yeah. bothered me the most about the movie. Really, like, um, it was just like, yeah, there are terrible people on the internet, but it doesn't escalate that quickly when like one guy posts a picture of like a chandelier that he made and then starts getting death threats, like. The internet doesn't necessarily work in that way. I mean, come I, on. I yeah. laughed out loud when he walked in there and was like, you know, it, it's he'll be like, look, I got all this stuff, whatever. People are messaging me. Some people are like, this is lame. And you can understand like, oh, you killed deer or whatever. Right. People <laughs> fucking see be like that. And then he, he just I got death threats and I I lost my shit in the theater <laughs> right then and there. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. That I was just like. Yeah, that whole thing with that guy, like I, like I think I would have rather it just been like, and like I get, I get what you're, you're right. Like if they had done it, if they had handled that guy differently, like the idea of her getting very involved in that community and like other friends as being like, I don't need technology like that. That's kind of interesting. But the way they took that character and everyone was not that really that upset about him dying, and they, no one seemed to really, the company didn't really seem to feel like they were, like they weren't even worried about bad PR. I mean, at the very yeah. least, even if they're heartless, like, corporate, mich- like, droids that don't give a shit about that guy's life, like, you would have thought they would have at least, like, people are up in arms about, like, a, de- a deer antler chandelier. Are th- why are they not up in arms about them killing this dude? Yeah. Like, it didn't make any sense, and it was just really dumb, and it would have just made a lot more sense that that whole thing wasn't a plot line. <laughs> yeah, and the whole blowback to his death, like, was just one of several steps in the movie that I just felt were, like, entirely unrealistic. Like, you yeah. think of, like, all the the steps the company was taking, like the secrets or lies thing was so creepy that I would like that wouldn't happen in real life. Oh, like that's what I'm saying. That's why I said it felt like a parody of itself half the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good point. Cause then like the next week, like the guy, like Emma Watson has gone for four days and then they come back for the thing. And like, they've literally animated his truck going off the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the Sims in there, man. Um, I'll tell you one thing that really threw me off for most of the movie was I only watched a trailer like once or twice. And I thought that they were like dating and then I was waiting for them to date the entire movie. Oh yeah. Some kind of love connection to happen. And then it was just like, find lost friendships and it's like are you guys actually friends though i i i, like, I had expected that to be the thing in the trailer too and they, they didn't really seem like that close of friends it, it was just like no, her, that's her, her parents are just like he's such a nice boy why don't you like him and that's like, you and got, they, when they meet he's working on her car so like if you're if you like blink for even a minute you might not even know that they're friends you know he could just be the mechanic for all we know yeah man like and then they like they just throw it in there that they're like neighbors or whatever they grew up together i guess like 
it doesn't make any they, sense. They, they didn't seem like that close. Like they actually grew up together. It was like they. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was definitely kind of funny. Um, one of the things that bothered me a little bit about it was I didn't think I thought even if I thought the first half like I thought it really went off the rails in the second half and there were at least some kind of interesting parts in the first half. I thought the first half of the movie wasn't edited very well. It felt very very choppy. Um, and like maybe that's why like this this might be something that spent a lot of time in the editing room and you sometimes see movies like that where it's like they really just can't be salvaged. This was originally supposed to come out in the fall and it got moved back to the spring, which should have been a little bit of a red flag to begin with, but it might have been like they were trying to do a little bit more work on it and it just never came through. And I don't know if that was something you guys noticed, and it was just something where it felt like it was jumping from scene to scene and not really allowing anything to breathe. And maybe they were trying to convey like the whirlwind nature of just coming into a company like that, but it felt like something like just didn't really get done correctly to me behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, like I guess there was like a lot of the scenes where we were like meeting the circle and like meeting the culture of the circle, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot. I mean, I think I asked myself a few times. I was like, "What is actually happening like right now?" What kind of what, what kind of company do you think the circle is? Is it mixed between Facebook and Google? Like, I don't know. That's yeah, I guess so. And, well, it was kind of know, Apple like, vibes, I think. Right, that too. Like a mix yeah. of the three. I don't know. But yeah, and I felt like the the internship did a better job of yes, um, yes. setting up the world it's the pacing uh, though is the problem right it's like she doesn't have she like you can it's okay if the character is feeling like rushed and overwhelmed but you need to pace that in the story because it's just like they're just setting up this whole thing for like oh everyone started as a tech person and then now i'm the vp of this part of the company and it's like what um Okay, and they're just like every single fucking person she talks to, like, oh, I started there. Karen Gillan's like, I like, started doing that two years ago, and now I fly all over the world and do deals. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it, you don't really understand I, what she's doing. Like, she's doing tech support, but she's also being weirdly uh, invasive of people's like privacy when she talks to them. I don't know. It was very strange. And I think a part of the problem is, and it's a shame because it's not like Jane Ponsel was getting thrown into doing a superhero movie or something of that scale. And you often see indie directors that start out doing stuff like that. That they're just like called up to the big leagues like that, whether it be uh, Colin Trevorrow or James Gunn or Josh Trank, who've done that to varying degrees of success. But James Ponsold has done a very, very specific kind of movie for each of his last three movies. He did Smashed with Mary Elizabeth Winsett and Aaron Paul, very much a two-hander where it's just a lot of scenes, which is two people talking. And then he did Spectacular Now, the same thing with Shailene and Miles Teller. And then he did uh, End of the Tour, which Anthony didn't really like. I like better than him. I don't know if you have thoughts on that movie, Joe, but still, like, it's like it's it's a very in that very similar vein where it's just two people doing stuff and you're not really having to do a lot of like it's by by its nature it's just going to be other long scenes and it's very long takes and you're not having to do a lot of movement with the camera and here it's like you're trying to convey this very big world and this very big company and it's not unlike any and the other thing James Ponsold's done is he directed like four episodes of season one of Master of None also very similar. I remember a lot of the ones his names are on are the episodes where it's just like Devin Arnold walking around New York. And it's like he'd done a very, very specific thing before, and it almost felt like, unfortunately, while this wasn't even a superhero movie, like maybe this was just a little too big for him and he wasn't sure how to adjust because it just felt like he didn't really know how to rein it in and have the pacing right like Anthony was saying. And that's unfortunate because like, I like all of those things I just mentioned. You know? um, have you, either of you read the book that it's based on? No, but I have a friend that really liked it. Have you? Uh, no, I I guess I'm just curious, like, because when you go to adapt something, um, there's just so much pressure to, like, meet all the service, like, to service sure. every storyline in the novel and cut things out. And I wonder if that maybe just overwhelmed him to 
like have that many characters in a world that big. And I mean, I don't know. Cause like, I really like that point about, you know, these two handers cause I have seen into the tour and, um, you know, obviously I've seen all the master of none. So, um, well, the pacing yeah. end of the tour is very good and mm-hmm. everything is explained and there's like, a, it's super in depth, even more so than this movie. Um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, this movie probably like in a world has like more shit going on, but like the end of the tour is like very deep psychologically and everything thematically, but it's, it's even killed throughout and you I feel every scene and- in this movie is just like. And maybe and he maybe like maybe like you're saying maybe he should have just t- felt it, felt the he maybe should have just taken a little more license with these characters and not felt the need. Maybe it was very very faithful to the book. I've I've talked to one person who hasn't seen the movie but read the book and really loved the book. But then I talked to another friend who hasn't seen the movie. But when I told him they like about the movie, he's like, "Yeah, I thought when I read the book, it might be hard to adapt." So I'm not really sure what he should have done. If some people like really do enjoy that book, but maybe you just like cut out all the shit with Eller Coltrane and just make make Boy- Boyega's character make more sense. And maybe that I don't think that fixes everything, but it's maybe he, you're just trying to do too much and he's trying to be too faithful to it. And that's and that's the problem with something like that. It's, he obviously this is a more complex plot and it doesn't need to just be a two character thing like all that other stuff I mentioned but you could have done something you could have messed around with it a little more and used the bones of that story to just make something that makes sense if the I don't know you know yeah I think there's a version of it maybe where Emma Watson's like behind the scenes earlier and not as prominent because I mean she does kind of rise meteorically um if is that a word I don't know um (laughs) yeah okay thank you (laughs) um like, I don't know, like, maybe, and, like, it would give it more opportunity to have smaller scenes of, like, maybe Emma Watson's, like, Tom Hanks' assistant. And she's like, oh, like, you know, this guy's my idol, it's my dream to work with him, and then she, like, slowly discovers that he's actually a monster. You know what I mean? And, like, I don't know, like, I I just, because, I mean, it kind of is weird, too, that she's the one who is enabling all this stuff, too, and kind of pushing it to the next yeah. level. Yeah, it, it seems very out of character for her to all of a sudden just switch and be like, I'm going fully transparent, camera all the time, and then secrets are lies, like you said, and all these other weird phrases that are very uh, unrealistic to say out loud. Um, and it just, mm-hmm. it, it, it just doesn't feel grounded at all in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, 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 and, I, and, I, and I like that idea, Joe, and, because like I, my biggest thing was like we didn't – we're we're just like I mentioned earlier, but we're just like we're 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 supposed to infer so much about Hanks, and it's like it would have been cool just to see him doing a little bit of sketchy shit. That's my biggest thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder, like, okay, so we have our two, we have our two evil corporate bigwigs played by Tom Hanks and Patton Oswalt, who are talented actors, but they're also like really fun, likable actors. <laughs> And so I wonder if it may have been a result of they did test screenings and audiences maybe didn't buy that these two guys could be so dastardly. Like, I don't know. Like, um, I'm just yeah, trying Michael to find Keaton a reason why in that role would have been Ooh. more menacing just in his like just his yeah. presence, his face. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you're, you're often excited to have people go out of their comfort zone, but because like. I don't know. I mean, has Patton Oswalt ever had to play menacing before? Like, The Big Fan is a very dark movie. I don't know if either of you guys have seen that before, but that's what gave me a lot of respect for him as an actor. But he's not really playing a bad guy. He's playing like a messed up guy. And I just thought in my head, like we've seen obviously his last five years aside, like obviously Tom Hanks has done 
a lot of different types of things throughout his career, and it's like maybe that's just not a note that like feel it looks natural when he's trying to play it. I don't know. Like ideally, he'd be able to do it. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. It's like someone like or like Tom Cruise. Um, when when I saw Collateral, that like is something like you would never seen. Yeah, you never seen Tom Cruise do something like that before. He's like a very charismatic, likable yeah. guy in the same way you're explaining those two guys were. And I just I just kind of assumed in my head, oh well, Tom Hanks can just find that zone like Tom Cruise did in that movie, and all of a sudden turn into a bad guy. And maybe they tried it, like Joe said, and they didn't do it, or maybe the movie was just like written in a way in which she doesn't attempt to do it. Either way, it's not good. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Question, Joe. Have you seen the movie? <laughs> have you seen the movie Nerve that came out last year with um, Dave Franco? Uh, no, and, that's um, the Dave. Yeah. So uh, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they have this scene in that movie where, uh, right at the end, it's like these two people have to decide whether they want to kill each other or not. Basically, um, and mm-hmm. or whoever kills the other person gets like a fuck ton of money or something. And there's like thousands, maybe like 10,000, 20,000 people like at the place where they're supposed to kill each other. Right. And, uh, they're basically like clicking this button on their phone. That's like, yes, we want them to kill each other for this money, whatever. Um, and then we have this movie where they have this shit on the screen where it's sort of the similar thing where it's like, yeah, let's find these, bad people like via this technology and it's sort of awkward to see like the crowd like so engaged in it right and it's sort of like sending a message of uh you know like in the masses like we can think some pretty fucked up shit and we can let things slide whatever but then when emma watson sort of flips it like we're just supposed to feel like these people are all redeemed for no reason. Whereas in nerve, like there's an actual, like the movie's not that great, but there's like an actual purpose where they sort of get challenged mentally. Like, are you sh- like what you're doing is like consenting to murder, whatever, whatever. And it's sort well, of, I like, thought- it makes you think a little bit. And this movie, she just like, they like the, the whole people in the crowd are just face like faceless for no reason. And it sort of takes away from the whole experience of what she's trying to do to me. Well, I, mm-hmm. I, I thought when, I, I remember us, I have to go back and listen to our podcast on it, but I remember not enjoying that last like 15 minutes of Nerve for that much. Like, we, we liked sure. a lot of stuff up until that, and it gets kind of corny. And, but I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because here, like, what I'd heard a lot before I saw the movie, and from a few of the blurbs I'd seen or the tweets I'd seen, it's like, here is like the, the James Ponsel trying to bring your 70 year old grandma's idea of the internet to life and just what old people think about the internet. <laughs> and, like, yes, people are terrible on the internet a lot, and there are disgusting people on there that do awful things. But, like, Nerve was trying to, like, make the statement that, like, everyone is terrible just because they go on the internet when they're showing those people just pressing the die button, basically. Sorry for spoiling yeah. Nerve a little bit for you, Joe, but... Um, uh, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> but, like, but here, like, I, I, there wasn't as much of that as I thought until, like, there was the death threats thing where it's, like, the death threats because of the, something that looked like a deer antler. And then also, like, the idea, like, I guess maybe people would be, like, trying to do Instagram stories or Snapchat stories on their iPad or their phone, and they'd have their, like, be holding their shit up all the time. But, like, I was just like, why are you doing that? Like, people don't, like, videotape random conversations that people are having in a hallway all the time like that, do they? Apparently um, they do, man. Like, I, that, 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 that was more just, like, because that, that was, like, I, another random thing. Like, I watched Spike Lee's Red Hook Summer a couple months ago. I don't know if either of you guys have seen that. But, like, the kid in that movie, there's a kid in that movie that's just, like, holding his iPad up, like, half the time for no reason just to film something that really isn't that important. To be, that, in that Isn't that interesting? And it just feels feels like it's a statement that the 30 to 40 year old filmmakers are trying to make about kids these days always having their phones out and it's like very distracting because it's like kids are on the phone all the time but they're not like filming stuff like 
the majority of the sure. time. They're like doing sure. other stuff on their phone, and it's just like kind of annoying. And I'm I like, was more talking about like the last yeah. couple scenes where they're introducing this technology where you can like find anyone in like 20 minutes, right? And everyone's like cheering it on and shit. And oh, it's just oh, like, oh, so you meant how they became the good guys all of a sudden after being the yeah, bad guys or whatever? Yeah, but it, even in Nerve, that scene, that scene was corny, but at least it had a purpose, and at least it had like uh, well, some yeah, kind of conclusion right, because, to it. Because it's like they're doing a good thing, but then they're just ex- just as excited. To, like, I guess it's a good thing when they're trying to track down the criminals, but then it's like a then it's like. But we're also totally cool just tracking down this Mercer guy for no yeah. reason. It's just like, what, yeah. what, what are you trying to yeah. – I, I get what you're saying. It's like, are you trying to say these people are – I guess you're, now you're trying to say they're terrible. But before it was like – I mean I guess it was a good thing to track down that murderer, you know? Yeah, and yeah. they're just sort of like going with the flow without thinking of like the consequences of their actions. But they never get questioned about the consequences of their actions, whereas in a fucking movie called Nerve, which nobody but 12 people saw, they actually have – uh, the wherewithal to to question that and understand like uh, you know some people may be like uh you know if your friend jumps off the bridge you jump off the bridge kind of thing and they at least address it and this movie is just like all these supposed people on the campus are just like i don't know it, it's hard to explain i guess but it's sort of annoying and they had all this congressional oversight. Of- go, go, no go ahead joe sorry Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. To develop off what Anthony said, you can't exactly, like, introduce politicians to a movie and then <laughs> yeah, when so the company, weird. like, recklessly kills somebody, just there's no consequences at all. Like, because, I mean, surely if one senator is investigating the circle and then she's mysteriously framed for things that, you know, obviously Tom Hanks did it off screen. Um, yeah. Which was just <laughs> that, thrown in like, there, by the way. Yeah, like, nobody else, like, said or did anything about it. Like, I feel like there would be like CNN, like CNN and all that would be like live at the campus with like, you know, I mean, like you just look at like what they were doing to like Sean Spicer with all the Trump stuff last week. You know, like I feel like that that would just be all over a place like that. So, um, yeah, again, they, yeah, they, like they, nobody they, was ever any real danger. But yeah, they spent um, they, you're right. Like I was I was just uh, just what I was just going to say they, they spent a lot of time. On those like press conferences or whatever, where I, it's been a, it's been like two and a half weeks since I saw the movie now. So, like I know they were spending a lot of time in those press conferences, and they spent a de- they, whoever that congressperson was got a decent amount of screen time. And it's like, what was the purpose of that if you're not going to pay it off? Yeah, yeah, and for the I guess <laughs> <laughs> the square. Um, <laughs> uh, I was I was going to ask you guys. I think I may have missed something, but like. So that congressman's going to have everything live streamed, yeah. and they're all going to and like it, presumably that all ends up in the cloud. But then like John Boyega shows her like the the underground yeah the hard drive yeah. for all of her information, and I I guess I, either I missed something or I saw everything and I realized <laughs> what's so scary about having it all on a hard drive when it's all in the cloud anyway. <laughs> I mean- like, did I miss a step there? Well, I like, think – all right. So I think John Boyega was just telling them how they're actually, like, using all the data and the analytics for, like, other bad shit. And, but they're just saying that it's, like, transparency, but they're really, like – they want the information to, like, develop whatever else. I don't know. I'm pretty uh, sure okay. it was something <laughs> like that where he was like, well, they're taking all this data and they're monitoring everybody, da 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 instead – and they're backing it all up here or something like that. I guess he was like, like saying they, they don't have all of the information yet, but like here is where they're going to be able to put all of it. But like you said, if they have the cloud, I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
I don't think he necessarily <laughs> missed anything. I think it was just poorly um, explained, uh, written, explained. Uh, neither. <laughs> I'm not sure how to classify it as what type to classify it as bad, but that's what like, it was. Like, so, what do you what do you think? Like Tom Hanks and Patton Oswalt's like ultimate goal was? Was it just Get to make money? To register to vote and <sighs> and pick the next president. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, <laughs> like I don't know. It's like because even if. Even if uh, we had, like, said they, they'd show the next hour of the movie, like Joe said, that would have been maybe more interesting. They're, at that point, they're now, like, they're now under surveillance. Like, we're not going to even hear them explain their plan probably at that point. So it's like, are they even really trying to do anything that, like, they're not trying to kill people, but, like, they clearly don't really have any respect for other people's privacy. But where what is their ultimate goal with that? I mean, it's just, I don't know. I guess it would have been a little more traditional to, like, make them a traditional villain. But it's just, it's a little harder to get that engaged when it's, like, we're, we're here, we've been here speculating about, thinking about this movie for 30 minutes now. And I don't, can we, can we even think about I, what they're, is it I just to make a lot like of money? Trying to, I think they're trying to, like, usurp the government and make money, man. And, like, yeah. sell all their information and, and become one with the politicians where they sort of have just... Kick the government out, and they have point A to B instead of this. Like they can use like all all countries can use uh, true you to then vote on every single ballot measure. Every single. I mean, if you're a corporation and everyone is using your shit like all around the world, I mean, that's not a a bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. So it's Mm -hmm. like it's just like how far are they willing to go to do that? But I don't know. My biggest thing was like I, I touched on it earlier, but it's like those guys weren't well developed. But it still would have been even if they weren't. It still would have been. I, I still think there's some some kind of interesting th- ground uh, territory to be mined. If you're just seeing some of those conversations that lead up to them actually getting to the point where they're at at the, at the end, you know. Instead, it's just like May throws it out there, but it's like that's going to take a lot of convincing of like a lot of other government bodies and different people to like be okay with that. It's just like registering for someone. For their product against their will, that was like her thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. Man, we're gonna make every, we're saying. gonna we're gonna make every, we're gonna make everyone sign up, and it's like that'd be good, that'd be beneficial for the corporation's bottom line. But like, how can you just skip over how that becomes a reality? You know, that's like such a big thing, yeah. like forcing any, I mean, forcing people to vote. Like, that's not something that you can really do to begin with. Or for on top of that, forcing people to become a user of a product like that's like a very very like author- thing. authoritarian yes. yeah. regime and it's it's like all of a sudden like the movies we're in that world and it's like wait how did you guys accomplish that you, even no matter how big of a company you are it's like we have pretty big institutions in place in our government to make sure abuses like that probably shouldn't happen you know yeah <laughs> but yeah, they had 21 felt- countries sign on to the Oh yeah, agreement. I wonder. I wonder which ones those were. <laughs> they never mention which countries, though. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. It's, it's sad though. I mean, like I said, I I, I liked I liked a lot. I liked so much of James Ponsold's work before, and um, I liked some a, a good amount of these actors that were involved and thought they had the potential to do cooler stuff. And I don't know. It's I sh- you 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 were right, Anthony. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys will come around to Emma Watson and Tom Hanks at some point. <laughs> I uh, guess, I guess one of my frustrations with this is that there are so few like, um, I mean, TV's kind of, I mean, to the viewers' benefit, has kind of taken a lot of these like non-blockbuster adult movies out of theaters, you know. Sure. And it's just a shame for one. To- Ball, 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 ball,
Expertise is just well, you know, the circle didn't make any money, so we really don't want to make any more movies like that. And you know, oh well, just pour one out for the um, how big? Know, what adult did, drama? Did it have like a thirty? <laughs> did it have like a thirty million dollar budget, or is it something less than that? I can't remember. I'm just curious how big of an investment they made because it couldn't have been <sighs> couldn't have been like the obviously not the cheapest cast, but also like pretty pretty impressive set regardless. I mean, like I mean that was that felt like its own building. I'm curious how they even filmed that or how they made it. It looks like it was a 18 million dollar budget. So I mean, obviously having to pay Tom Hanks and Emma Watson some money and that's uh and they still created that whole campus. Like I'm curious where they filmed that. You know? Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm, it's like it's shot, yeah. a lot of it's shot in LA it looks like but who knows how they really set that up but I don't know yeah like you said it's <laughs> like Anthony and I do talk, talk talk about that a lot on the podcast like how it's just cool in other movies that like aren't like super super low budget indie stuff or some something between that and superhero movies we like it when those things get made and it'd just be nice if more of them could like pull it off and make money because I mean like we, we talked about Colossal a few weeks ago like that that was an example of something like that turning out well and it didn't make a lot of money and it's like Need yeah. need more of those things to happen, you know? Yeah, original original mm-hmm. ideas that aren't like super like a rival original idea, great cast, great director, whatever. Yeah. But it made money though, like, so like at least it made yeah, money. It did, but it's a huge big box office movie, whatever, right? And it's crazy that that got made because it's not part of a trilogy or a, a sequel or anything like that. It's just a one off movie, but it took those actors uh, and Villeneuve and what's his face doing the. The um, Bradford Young, the other, or, yeah, Bradford Young yeah. doing the cinematography, and and then you got something like Colossal that I probably enjoyed more than even Arrival, and it's it, nobody's going to see it. Mm. Yeah. So well, I mean, like, well, I mean, whatever. I mean, I think uh, Arrival was only. I mean, I, th- I think there's, there'll still be some room for that to get made. Some of those things to get made. It's just it's just a shame when they're not better, you know. For sure. Mm-hmm. But right. I mean, when you have a cast this big and and a director with pretty good history so far in TV and and film, I mean, they gave him a chance. Anything Hopefully else? He gets another yeah. one. Yeah. Anything else we need to talk about? You want to pour one out for Bill Paxton? It's a shame that his uh his last movie wasn't something a little better, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's too <laughs> bad. But he probably thought yeah. he was signing up for something pretty good at the time, and then it ends up being his last movie, and it's not better. Um, that's that's unfortunate for him. Um, Maybe he was going to be the hero, but then he died, and they couldn't refilm part of it. They had to rewrite the script, and that's why it was. Yeah, bad. He, he died yeah. after they were done, but it's a, it's it's a it's still it's still a little bit of a shame. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else we didn't talk about. Uh, what, what's going to take for you to go see another Tom Hanks movie? I mean, no, I just obviously directed at Anthony. Um, <laughs> I mean, like you said before, you're like, oh, I'm gonna talk about it on the podcast, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pass up shitting on movies on the podcast. So okay, so. I mean, I definitely didn't see a hologram for a king, so I, I applaud you for sitting, sitting through that because watching <laughs> that trailer put me on tilt enough as it is. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, I don't recommend it necessarily, but it's interesting. <laughs> Well, you, well, you, oh, actually, I guess Tom Hanks is going to do that movie about the Pentagon Papers with Meryl Streep and Steven Spielberg. So it's yeah. going to be a Tom yeah. Hanks-Steven Spielberg <laughs> collaboration. Aren't you excited about that, Anthony? <laughs> you, know, you, you guys know our history with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but, yeah, I think we about covered it, huh? Yeah. yeah guess so. Where can we find you on Twitter, Joe? Uh, I am at Joe underscore Morgan on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
if you want to engage with him, uh, if you like him better than me or Josh, feel free to let us know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm at Josh Jernavoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y. My Twitter is A Clambake, A K L A M B A K E. Our podcast Twitter is uh, 52 in 52 pod. And our podcast email is 52 and 52 pod at gmail.com. Let us know what you guys thought about the circle and Tom Hanks and the rest of this cast. And um, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.